Hi, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jody. And I'm Jeremy. And this is the Unremarkable Podcast, where we share with you a little bit of behind the scenes of what it's like to have a pastor's family. That's right. And this is episode five. Cinco. Super pumped. There's all kinds of folks that are listening from all over the country. and Yes, thank you so much for actually um, joining us in this journey. That's right. And so um, if you're joining us for the first time, awesome. Um, we uh, did get, we have gotten some feedback. Yes. And uh, they like stories. Yes, so we're going to tell one. We'll tell, we'll tell some stories. And uh, tonight we get to tell a story that if you've been in any of the churches that have <laughs> pastored, you've heard this story. You, you may not have heard it all put together. No, probably but, not, start to finish. Uh, no. But So we'll tell it all start to finish um, and kind of talk about how God worked its way, worked his way through um, this story and, and uh, worked in us and um, did some quite remarkable things. Absolutely. Um, so uh, Jeremy and I married, lived in um, Kentucky for a little while, then we moved out to Texas. And um, after he graduated from seminary in Texas, we um, we continued on as he took a full-time pastorate position uh, there. We had we had this experience when I graduated from seminary. Um, I graduated. <laughs> I think that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, like, but I graduated from seminary. Like, so my my um, my mom and her new husband. And my dad and his new wife, for the first time, met together uh, for my for your graduation. seminary graduation. And we couldn't really hang out with them a lot because I had my first, the first wedding I ever did was also that same week. Same weekend. And. And we were moving into we a new house. We moved into a new house. Our first house we ever bought. And you were pregnant. Yes. Yes. You, like you were like you graduated. seven months pregnant. Yes. Because Emma came in February, so so a lot went on when I graduated. Yes. We moved into this house, mm-hmm. and um, uh, shortly thereafter, um, I kind of fell ill. You did. Um, you have um, background have a, a, a disease that causes your immune system to be compromised. That's right. So my body doesn't work right. No, um, <laughs> which I guess is kind no. of you, you look at me and tell that. But no, I have what's called chronic granulomatous disease or CGD, and uh, it means my body doesn't fight off bacteria and fungus well, and um, at all. At all. And uh, I actually went, funny story, I went um, to a conference in Atlanta uh, with um, with uh, my pastor that was in charge. He was, he was my boss, and you know, a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, Randall, and, um, and our worship guy, Stephen. And we go to this, this conference in Atlanta, and we're in the hotel room, and I'm actually on the phone with our friend Clay. And, uh, and, and I can remember when, I, when my back went out, like I went, oh no, something, my back had kind of been sore, but, but something moved, popped, and, and I couldn't, like I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so long story short, I, I walked with a cane for a little bit. We did MRIs, all kinds of things, and they ultimately found um, a fungal infection in my spine. Yes. Between the L3 and L4 vertebrae. Yes. It had begun to grow into the actual um, bone structure and into the pores of the bone. And, uh, and so they were seeking how to treat that. Um, and so um, Jeremy has um, had a pick line a few times in his life. And so um, <laughs> they, a handful of pick lines, they decided yeah. to run a pick line. Um, and start me on antifungal meds. Um, and so they started me on. Now let's fast forward. We we kind of went from moving day to that. So well, I mean, I was just trying to tell them about you know moving in. There, but so we lived in that house, and Jeremy served in a full time position, and we jumped, and and so, um, and then um, also happening at the same time, your back fell as my mom passed away. That's and, right. And um, we felt that it was important. Um, with Emma, because mm-hmm. um, she was already born, and uh, we felt like it was important to be closer to um, our parents slash grandparents. Right, um, right. And so Jeremy began looking for a church um, in the closer to the southeast just, area. Just, yeah, just closer to anybody. We yeah, were, you we know, eight hundred miles away from everybody. Yeah, I mean, we're ten plus slash eleven hours away from from anybody. Yes, and um, so. so um, so the Lord worked in a, um, his amazing way. Um, my mom passed away, and Jeremy actually did the funeral. And uh, um, I, mean, I, I did the funeral. I was on a cane. Oh, yes, for the funeral because um, I left it. I, I didn't use it to walk up on the stage, but I, I brought the cane with me. 
And uh, a member of the, not the search team, but a member of the congregation of the church that began to pursue him was actually at my mom's yeah. funeral and heard Jeremy and asked for his resume. Right. So, um, so, so fast forward. Fast forward. So I, I have this fungal infection and I am in conversation with First Baptist Hayden uh, to come be their pastor. And, and uh, we had had a number of meetings that had gone well. We uh, they came out to they us. Came, they flew. They flew the entire team out to Fort Worth, and we picked them up and carried them to uh, a restaurant, like an IHOP. It was an IHOP, and it, we were there for four hours. We were at the IHOP for four hours. That poor waitress getting yeah. more people to sit at her um, tables. <laughs> what was best is my my favorite Chester Thomas, who who kind of adopted us as a part of his family, and and still does. I love Czech, but. Chester uh, was hard of hearing. This is how I first found this out. Like, <laughs> we spent like three hours talking, and at one point I turned. Chester was to my right. I turned and said something to Chester, and and he was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I can't hear a word you're saying." <laughs> and, oh, good grief! This is going well. Um, but they had decided that they were going to fly me out to fly our family out to to Alabama. We drove, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I was going to preach. This was towards the end of July. I was going to preach uh, uh, in view of a call, uh, right. which which in Southern Baptist world means um, I was going to preach. It was a trial sermon. Basically, right. it was an audition. They wanted to know how I was going to do preaching. And the congregation, which is, is by is, the way, is a deciding factor on like, that. So weird, like that whole process for right. a minister. It's weird because like it's like when you prepare to preach, you're like God. What is it you want me to say to this congregation? But when you're going to view of a call, it, there's a whole other side of it. And, right. and God, it better be good. You know, like, and, <laughs> because every Sunday when you get up to preach, you're, you're kind of saying, hey. What do you want the people here's, to hear? That's right. And here's a piece of me, right? Like, right. like, hey, to a congregation, this is what God's telling me. And this is, you know, God's word through Jeremy, the filter of Jeremy. Right. And Jabby. if you don't like it, if you don't like it, there's a part of it that's like, okay, you don't like you don't like Jesus or what he has to say. <laughs> the other the other is like you just don't like me, right? Like I had a guy one time call me up and say, uh, I'm not making this up. He he got on to me because uh, he thought that I was too funny when I preached. Oh, I remember that. And I, I we're also remember telling you he could go hear anybody else at that point. Yeah, well, I was like, well, hang on a minute. Like, you're, you need to be more serious. Am I, am I saying something that's not funny? Am I say, Jesus, Jesus was absolutely hilarious. I agree. Anyway, read your Bible. Regardless of that, so, <laughs> um, so we are uh, we're in, in preparing for that. That's coming. Um, yeah. Um, when Jeremy has a pick line, um, since we've been married, I get to be nurse because they. If they feel like someone in the home can administer the medicine, then they don't send out a, a, a nurse. So You're a hot nurse, too. Aw, thanks. Let me tell you. So, was it twice a day when we were doing that one? I think it was twice a day. I don't remember. I just remember at night, you'd have to, you'd have to put me up at night. So, we'd put so, Emma to bed. Yeah, and we had, um, and I'd set him up on a, uh, a drip, um, and we'd put him in a bed. And um, I was receiving itraconazole mm-hmm. um, via IV. Mm-hmm. Um, it was either itraconazole or voriconazole, one. Yeah, I think it was. Some yeah. antifungal, and I was getting it. I'd get it every night. And essentially, you would hook me up, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then you know, you'd know you go do other things, and I would watch TV or whatever. Because when you're hooked up to an IV pump, you can't necessarily go anywhere. Yeah, it's not. It's similar to in a hospital. You That's right. You just kind of stuck for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, one night, he'd been pushing the meds for, I, I, can, I guess, a m- over a month. It had been a while, and I wasn't getting better uh, right. with the crummy part. Like, like my back wasn't getting better at all, and, and they were, you know, they were thinking, do we do surgery or, or what, what happens next? Right. Um, and so, uh, one night, I, I believe it was July it was 2nd. I pushed meds, and mm-hmm. Jeremy got a fever, um, a pretty high fever. Um, it was probably like 101, 102. No, no, no. It, that, so the this first is, one. but this is weird for me. I, this we need to explain this. Uh, 101, 102 for me is not a high fever. Like 104, 103, 104 is high for me. Like that's because that, I mean that's just the way it's kind of always been because. I've always run fevers, so so it got really high. It got got in the one hundred threes that night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, and I'm and it was it, that was a Sunday night, July the second, Sunday night of two thousand and, and no, 
2007, right? So it would have been mm-hmm. July. It would have been Monday night, July mm-hmm. 2nd. That's right. Yeah. And so uh, we didn't really have a, a, a doctor in Fort Worth that was familiar oh. with his disease. So we just had a, a regular um, general doctor that we both went, a family doctor. And, and, and there, she was wonderful. Um, but she also, I mean. I beg to differ. So a doctor, uh, a, a general practitioner is not going to have a lot of knowledge about specialized yeah. disease that, and, like this. So. That's true. And and my disease, in her defense, there aren't many adults with my disease. So I'm I'm kind of I kind of get to be on the cutting edge of that because um, most people like when I was born, well, I wasn't supposed to live past the age of five, mm-hmm. um, and so like I'm one of the I'm, I'm one of the pioneers, if you will. <laughs> Um, I'm sure there are people that are older than me with CGD, but um, but I'm I'm up there. He's a patient of the National Institutes of Health and of Vanderbilt's Pediatric Infectious Disease, and Which so is, yeah, 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 those are major research places. So he gets to keep up with how yeah. people are doing. If, Flesh that out, by the way. Yeah. So I still go see the pediatric infectious <laughs> disease because the adult infectious disease docs don't know anything about my disease because they aren't trained in medical school. So like. I'll drive myself to Vanderbilt. Like a I'll, big boy. Like a big boy. <laughs> and I'll go into the waiting room with everybody's mamas and meemaws and kids. <laughs> and I'll sign up paperwork. And like where it says, like, child's name, like, I have to put my name. Jeremy. That's right. And so it's funny. It, it, this happens every time. You've never been with me up there. It's funny. Every time I'll be sitting in the waiting room and I'm kind of by myself. And, and somebody will say, uh, you know, Jeremy. And I'll stand up and walk, and every one of the parents is like, huh? <laughs> like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, what? Are you serious? Yes. I st- I'm like Ross and friends. Like, I still go see my pediatrician. <laughs> and we're thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, you push meds on that Monday night, and, and it, it was... The and it fe- made you pretty sick, and so you went to the doctor. The fe- Well, but the fever was bad. Like, I want to make sure they understand how bad. Like, it, it was high, but the chills... High for, high for us. The chills that I had... Um, were were almost unbearable. If you've ever had chills from a fever, like for me, the shaking is is just uncontrollable. Um, and you were pulling blankets and putting them on top of me, and yes. anything we could to kind of keep me warm as I laid on this couch um, upstairs in our house and and uh, waited. And the meds the meds uh, pushed and went through, and you unhooked me, and the fever went down, and, yes. and I went to bed. But we didn't. Think a thing about yeah, that. And, um, but we don't play around with my disease. When no, you run, no, you run no. a fever, you go get it checked out. So we pushed in terms of insisted that we go to the doctor the next day because the next day would be the fourth of July and nobody's open on the fourth yeah, of so July. So on the third of July. So, so she gives him a prescription for an antibiotic. She gave me a shot too. Yeah. She gave me a shot and said Which was a temporary happy. She said, I think you've got a virus. Yes. So here's a steroid, you'll feel better. You're already on antibiotics. Um, I don't know if she gave me a prescription or not, um, but but I think you'll be fine. So the next night, we same ritual, same routine. Put Emma to bed, um, and we started meds. And this time, Jeremy was shaking after I put like 14 blankets on him. You had. I'm not. This is not an exaggeration. Sometimes I'll use hyperbole to make a point. You put every blanket we had. <laughs> mm-hmm. In our house, comforters off of beds, everything on top of me. If I remember correctly, at one point you laid down on top I did. of me. I laid on top of you. Um, just trying you to were shaking ke- so violently. Yeah, it scared me. And and then you started becoming incoherent. Yeah. Now I don't remember much of that. No. What did I say? What did um, I do? You didn't say much of anything. You were trying to fight me about getting up and going to the hospital, and so I called. Um, um, I called a friend. We have no family out there. I called our dear friends, the Alexanders and um, and the Skippers, and I said... Maybe we should tell them about that real quick. Um, so when we first moved to Texas, we, we literally had been married nine months. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we show up at, at Texas, and, and you were just insistent on, we got to join a Sunday school class in church, we got to get a small group that we're around, 
all those kinds of things. And, uh, and so uh, we did, and we met uh, two couples. We met a number of couples, but two that we really clicked with. Just Really, I guess you could say three if you added the Clarks to that. Yes. Um, uh, and, uh, and just kind of became friends. And so my buddy Clay, uh, who I was talking to when my back went out, um, Clay actually um, was one of the first friends we made there. And Clay came... Uh, one time we were out of town and we had boarded Scout, our first dog. <laughs> and Clay, we 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 we've was, been friends like four four months. Yeah, it wasn't long. We hadn't been friends with him long, and and, and we were like, Clay, we're on our way back. Can you run to the kennel and pick up Scout? Um, we'll pay for everything. Just pick up Scout, bring her back to the house, <laughs> and 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 leave her in the house, and then like we'll be home. And, she and, was a weenie dog, by the way. So and Scout peed all over Clay, Clay, and everything. Just <laughs> and, and he, the, to hear him describe it, it was like he said it was like it just wouldn't stop. It just kept coming. <laughs> a little dog um and uh, so like and he cleaned up and he house. cleaned it up and so that's, I was that like was well big. Clay Clay is gonna be our friend now because he's <laughs> he's, been, he's been christened <laughs> yeah and so the skippers Clay Clay and Casey Skipper and then and then the Alexanders Zach, Zach and Christina, Christina Alexander and then Ryan and Krista Clark also were a part of that um and uh, uh, so they're good friends. So you call Zach and, and say, "Yeah, I call Zach and, and Clay, and I may have called Casey and Christina, and they've got Zach and Clay." And I said, "I need." I asked. Uh, I said, "I need one of you to come get Emma, um, or come stay with Emma, and um, uh, because I need to leave her, and I need to take her to the ER." And I'm. Um, I don't think I asked either one of them to meet me at the ER. Um, hmm. uh, I um, I didn't I didn't wanted them to pull away from their families because by that time we all had kids at least one, and um, but I needed somebody to be there when Emma woke up in the morning and uh, and I got Jeremy down the stairs because he was upstairs and I um, remember this so you were covered in blankets and I got you down the stairs and Zach was there and uh, he helped me get you into the car. Now this is different than what I remember. Okay. And, and it, of course, I'm delirious. I've got a fever. But I remember Zach coming up. I remember Zach coming upstairs. He did. Where I was and getting Emma and carrying her down the stairs. He did. And putting her in his car. He did. I do not remember Zach helping you get me in the car. Well, he was present to make sure you. I got you. Well, I'm car. sure. Yeah. So I got Jeremy in. At the time, we had uh, my mother's red Yukon. Yukon. Um, and I put Jeremy in the passenger seat, and we were roughly 15 minutes from the hospital, if if that. It was that was a thank you God for that mm-hmm. deliverance. It was so nice to be near a mm-hmm. hospital, um, um, and a wonderful medical team. You but, also, this is an important part of the story. We can't leave out. You're pregnant with Abigail. I am. How far I, along were you? Um, let's see. In July, I would have been. Five months, I think. Yeah. Five months, months pregnant. Mm-hmm. I was showing. Some may say great with child. Oh, yes, yes. Gosh. <laughs> okay. Um. So I was pregnant with Abby, and and uh, and Zach came and got Emma. She never woke up. It was it was, it was precious. Um. To see Uncle Zach holding her, and she was out. Um. <laughs> and uh, I got I got you about halfway down the road, and you. Lost your cookies all in the car. <laughs> I tossed my cookies. Yes. I threw up all over the place. Over and over and over. And I was like, oh God. And you you were saying <laughs> things that didn't make sense. Please tell me. So I don't remember them. What was I saying? Oh, you were like, you were telling me to turn around. And then you are saying, it's going to be okay. You were telling me it's going to be okay. I'm just, you know, I must have ate something or... And then you would say you then you weren't making sense. Like your words were like jump gibberish. Like, yeah. and I was like... He, I, and I was I was a little scared because I mean you did, I don't think you knew who I was so you were you were out of it and I can I pull into the ER I just pull straight up to the door and I go around <laughs> I go around to get you out and Clay is there mm. Clay um, met you there he met me there and he um. He helped me walk you in and put you in a wheelchair, and um, and then he got me helped me get settled and he moved the car, and then came back in, um, and then Zach was there, <laughs> and uh, um, the 
the staff at the ER saw you and they knew it was bad and they took you straight back. Like, forget all the people. Were, I'm so sorry, people in the waiting room. They just skipped you and took him straight back. And they, um, and you were hunched over, still throwing up and still incoherent. And, um, and they were trying to ask me questions. And so I was asking you questions and I told them what had happened and, and pushing meds and this is what's going on. And this is, we'd been to the doctor today and I, I don't think that something is wrong. And, and our next thing I know is they had to, they put you in a room and, they, and you did not want to be there. And you could start getting angry and violent. And, um, um, and Zach and Clay help pin you down to the table and they had to tie you down to the table um, because um, you were shoving and pushing and hitting and trying to get like I want to go home and I don't need to be here and stop it and and, uh, and they had to hold you down to pin you to the table and they took your temp and it stopped it, it stopped registering at 108 108 and um, they cut all your clothes off and uh, covered you nice, and started packing you nice, and um, and uh, they ripped your pick line out. And I remember when they ripped your pick line out, I just lost it because it was like all that we had been doing to try to get your back done. What were it was over, and I didn't know what was about to happen. So mm. um, I remember feeling hopeless and, and like no, and they just pulled it out and and. Um, I, it didn't click to me that that was what the problem was. Um, yeah. Um, so you you were 108 or higher, and there were medical people all over the place running yeah. around, and um, and they were going to take you back and do X-rays and MRIs, and yeah. I couldn't go with you because I was pregnant. Um, and Zach and Clay stood with me <laughs> while they wheeled you away, <laughs> and uh, and I prayed. <laughs> I prayed over you while you were there. I asked God to not let you suffer because I didn't know how in the world you could go through that and come back normal. <laughs> and uh, I said, I don't let him suffer. Please take him if you've got to. Mm. Don't let him suffer. But uh, don't let him come back to this world not himself. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I let him have you. Mm. <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I wanted to, I, I knew that was what I had to do. Like, I, I could do no more. And I think that pick line coming out was my efforts to try to help where my control was taken away. You being tied down, the control was taken away from you. Mm. Um, and we were at the mercy of, mm. of our Savior. Mm. So I remember, uh, I, I said, I remember Zach coming and getting Emma. I remember getting in the Yukon, in the driveway. I remember getting in the Yukon. And I remember um, one part of the drive. Um, you you said that I, I, I was telling you to go home, and I, I can remember I can remember telling you that. Mm-hmm. I may have told you that multiple times. I remember once. And then I don't remember anything else until the one thing that I remember from the uh, from the ER that night is I remember them pulling the pick line, and I remember seeing it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that very clearly. Yeah. Um, and then I don't I don't remember anything That's else about when you passed out, like you were. I, I thought you were. I thought you were going to die. <laughs> it, it happened in my mind. It happened so fast. It did happen so fast. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's so many vigils from that night. You know, back to Zach when um, Emma snuggled up under him to know that um, God provided family for us when there was no family. That my daughter mm-hmm. felt safe in His arms to snuggle mm-hmm. up underneath Him, and the image that I could go away and take care of you, and she was going to be okay. Yeah. Um, that they. Um, that we had a, a, a medical staff at all that could begin to administer to you as best they could. Um, the fact that God allowed me to remember every medicine you're on, the dosage, and um, hmm. last time it was taken, and so forth, so that they could 
articulate and how to scientifically figure out what was going on in your body. Yeah. Um, um, so I got him stable after several hours, and they put him in a um, an ICU room. Um, and they told you my some of my internal organs were starting to shut down. Yes, kidney failure, um, liver wasn't working correctly. Um, um, everything was was off. They weren't sure if there was any brain damage. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in the hospital room, um, and um, you were like a zoo exhibit. People would walk back and just look, hmm. like medical students and nurses and, and and other doctors that wouldn't come in to talk to us. They just came by and they would look in the window at you, and because um, you're the guy that had 108. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> So, for those of you that don't know, so I, I, I had CGD my whole life. I mean... You're born with it. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I wish that I could have prepared you for that. I, I'm used to being a zoo exhibit. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness. I, I, I mean, and, and you can ask my mother this question. This is, this is true. And, and, and later we've seen this with subsequent infections, right? Like, because my disease is so rare and so rare in adults... Um, if I'm ever in a teaching hospital, um, they're going to send students by to see me. Yeah. Check this out. Yeah. And, and doctors want to just, just kind of peek in. Um, and so I'm, I'm used to that. You got to experience that at six months pregnant with our second child, an 18 month old that now has moved in with Zach and Christina. Um, and you, and you lay on a little pull-out bed in ICU, sleeping. You know, um, there's, you know, I, I go look at kind of these things, and I'm so thankful for so many things, and I, that's how you have to go through experiences like this. Um, I'm thankful it was July, and I wasn't having to miss work, and um, hmm. and Emma wasn't having to miss school, and we, and Christina was a stay-at-home mom, so it was not an inconvenience for her to tend to my child in terms of on a grand scale. Um, there's just little things that God just put into place there um, as I, so I could tend to you um, with complete focus. And um, and you were you would wake up. <laughs> I can remember some of this. I guess you were out for a good 24 hours, maybe more, and you would wake wake up. Ask where you were. Ask what happened. And I would tell you the whole story. And then you'd drift back off. <laughs> and you'd wake up again several hours later. And the whole, we had that conversation all over again. Where am I? What's happened? Where's Emma? In, in the meantime, doctors are starting to come back in and tell you. Well, for, you probably went three days before we knew if everything was going to work again. Um, like we never weren't sure if you were ever going to have, um, appropriate function in your, in our kidneys again. The, the first, first 48 hours was touch and go. And then they were, they were like, I can't believe this, but he's getting kidney function again and in, in both kidneys and, um, liver numbers are going down and the, in the, and they were, they were amazed like that, like, and brain scans, clear. surprisingly normal. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> clear. Not that, like, they they said, we've never had anybody with that high of a fever not have damage. Mm. And I said, well, that's God. Yeah, no doubt that's about God. that. Because the, the amazing thing was, too, like, of course, our family was praying and our church family was praying. Mm-hmm. But because um, we had started our conversation with First Hayden, they called me. In the middle of this, because they wanted, they had found out what was going on, and uh, no, I called them. That's right, I called them because I wanted them to know. And I was like, yeah, we were a couple weeks out from me go, f- going and preaching. I wanted in them, view of a call. I wanted them to know that I did not know what the next month was going to hold. Um, and uh, they and they, we had a new whole another army praying for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and that's why you went in the hospital on the third of July, and you were out on the seventh. 
So I, I woke up in ICU, mm-hmm. and I remember people, I, I remember bits and pieces of people coming to see me. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, one of the stories that I love to tell. <laughs> um, I remember Zach and Clay being there again. Uh, and, and, you know, as far as I know, they never left um, <laughs> because I'd wake up and they were there, right? And I remember looking down. They were both there, and they were telling me about it. They were, they were talking about how strong I was, <laughs> um, you know, because they had to hold me down. And I looked down at my arms, and I said, what are all these bruises? Hmm. And I remember Zach, who is just a giant of a man, right? I mean, he's, what, 6'4", and, and we won't say how much he weighs. But. <laughs> and Zach just kind of bows his head and goes, yeah, sorry about that. And those were bruises that he and Clay had left on my arms when they held me down in the bed. And, and I think about that now, looking back, and I go, there's no sweeter marks than those. Yeah. You know, like... That's that's what that's what a friend does, right? And uh, if there is ever a a uh, if there's ever a, uh, a story that promotes or drives people to establishing community, yeah, like true authentic Christian community, it's that Clay, my my boy Clay, um, has had three kids and. Uh, I think has changed a poopy diaper <laughs> and vomited when he did that. Yes. Or gagged so badly that his his poor wife, Casey, said, I'll just do it. And then. And then, and yet he not only moved my vomit-filled car, but but cleaned and, and detailed, detailed our vomit-cleared car. I mean, it, it, that that's, that's just so amazing. I remember um, our pastor being there. Um, I remember Steve Tigner. Steve Tigner was a member of our church in Texas and a, an airline pilot. And and I can remember him coming in and us talking about golf. Like, I remember having yes. a golf conversation with him. And then I would just pass out again, right, um, in ICU. And uh, and then they moved me to a regular room. Yes. And I woke up. And, and in my mind, I'd love to hear your take on this. Because in my mind, it literally was I woke up and I was fine. That's how I feel. Um, well, I mean, you you healed more quickly than uh, any normal human would in that situation. Well, I'm, um, I'm remarkable. You are <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> um, so, set the timeline too. Like, um, I, I, one of my favorite stories. We Jeremy and I are, are big people. People like I'm more so than him. I'm gonna. I hate people. <laughs> If I'm, I'm gonna if I'm gonna be near you for a minute, I'm gonna ask you your life story because I want to know you. And um, one of his nurses he had um, in ICU for an extended period of time um, was actually um, a, a migrant transfer transplant from um, Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, mm. and she had had to move and evacuate Katrina because or New Orleans because of that. And and she had gotten a job and settled in in Fort Worth. And um, so just to hear. You know, our life was pretty sucky at that time, but she also had uh, experienced quite a journey. Um, and so that was something that was remarkable to me is to watch her serving people and loving on people despite what she'd been through in terms yeah. of losing everything. Wow. Um, and uh, she was precious and would tell some of the funniest stories about patients. And, um, and I just enjoy, you know, having to pause <laughs> Life, God gives me time to pause and get to know people, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Um, but, um, but Jeremy, um, Jeremy is uh, Jeremy doesn't like to be in the hospital because he doesn't like to sit still. Um, and yes, he loves to sit on the couch and watch TV, but at the same time, that's a choice. The hospital is not a choice, yeah. and um, um, so he wanted to get out of there, and and he usually wills himself well, um, and so um, he got. But well, got, I'm convinced, and, and now let me address that. I will myself will will myself will well. There Goodness, it there it is. <laughs> um, I, I remember having conversations with my mother as a little boy um, about this, and I, I'm just absolutely convinced that not only is my God an amazing God, but He's given us our brain, which is an amazing tool. 
Um, and, and of course, your body is your body, and it needs time to heal. And I'm not in any way trying to, but I think that uh, that your mindset can actually either expedite or delay the process of of healing. I I've just been convinced of that my entire life. I have zero scientific data to back that up. I'm um, sure there's some, but somewhere. there might be some somewhere. I'm sure. Um, but but that's I just remember being a child and talking with my mother about that. Um, he knew that he had a deadline. He knew that we had plans. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking about moving to Alabama. So um, we couldn't we couldn't mess it up, and because moving when we did would put us into a position where our kids could start school, and so he's thinking of all these other factors and stuff, and. So we got we got to get go got yeah. things to do, and that's one of the that's a good thing and a bad thing of me. I think I, <laughs> my brain my brain is always moving, which is good sometimes. I remember um, t- I remember talking to Chester and him being like, "Are you sure so, you want to go well through with this?" Yeah, so I got a phone call. I'm in a I'm in a regular hospital room now, and there's flowers all over the place, and uh, people are starting to visit, and. We're establishing an escape, you know, escape plan. How I'm going to get sprung out of the hospital, and uh, I think my mother was on her way down. She came. And, she and come. Um, you know, there were all kinds of things in play. And um, I can remember sitting in the hospital room and getting a phone call from a member of the search team from Alabama, from Hayden. Um, and it was Chris, Chris Quarter, mm. and um, and and Quarter calls me up and he goes. Um, Hey, like we've talked with it. If we need to push this back a couple weeks, you know, or a month, like I get it. Like you've, like the, the reality of this, Jody, is I almost died. Yes. Yes. Like I, 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 I remember being real with your parents I and telling them. Almost I, died. We, we almost lost him last night. And my response, like it was not even a question in my mind. No, we won't push it back. Why would we push it back? Because in my mind, I'm fine. <laughs> like I'm fine. My kidneys are working. My liver's working. My brain seems normal. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I'm gonna get out of here. And um, and when I get out of here, I'll write my sermon that I'm gonna come and preach, which was from Luke chapter 15. <laughs> and uh, and 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 I'll, I'll and, and we'll we'll be there. And I remember him going, "Are you sure? Yeah, we'll be there." So you, um, <laughs> you want to know what I remember about leaving the hospital? Clay Skipper, my, my boy Clay, Art, the Yukon was cleaner than it had ever been. <laughs> yeah, ever. It smelled so good. Yeah. Clay's a car guy. He knows how to make it right. Gosh. Okay. Anyway, what were you going to say? So we got you well and out. Um, literally, I think he was in total five days, maybe, maybe. I, I always thought it was a week, but um, I was in and out well, for a number of those days. Yeah. So... <laughs> We get him out and uh, uh, get him home, and um, obviously we uh, had to put we put another pick, put line, in pick on, line in on the other side, um, and started all over with that. And um, and uh, <laughs> and I, we went to Alabama with the pick line in, and I was Absolutely. still administering that meds. And we we were I, I could be a nurse, I just don't have the degree. There you go. Um, uh, and so, you know, just that story, um, the way that we've been able to experience that story and just to know that um, um, it's a what the crap moment. Like, I can't believe this just happened because who gets 108? That's like a one in a million thing. But yes, mm-hmm. unfortunately, people do that. But who gets 108 and walks out of the hospital within a week mm-hmm. with everything functioning like it's supposed to? Mm-hmm. If, um, so if that's what God wants to do is to use our, and Jeremy's always prayed, if if God would be ever so grateful or ever so kind and gracious to use our family to mm-hmm. um, make his name famous, and that's mm-hmm. what we do, and yeah. that's one of our stories. Yeah. So the, the thing that, that God used this and other, he's used my illness a number of times to teach this to me, um, is that the prayer that we pray for our family is that God would use um, our family to make his to, that that God would use our family to advance His kingdom. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll get the wording right. That God would use our family to impact um, uh, this this country for His kingdom. That's what it is. Yes, this country for His kingdom. And there's lots of the story beyond, um, and that maybe we can tell that another day. Yeah, it did have some adverse effects on our child and um sure and um sure. Some other things but um that's a part of the story too. Right. But but my prayer is that God would use our family to impact this country for his kingdom and um one of the things that God has made me realize is that for him to answer that prayer for me, 
and for our family means that sometimes I, he may have to make me sick. Yeah. Um, it means that sometimes we may have to go through some really just crap. We may have to go through some garbage. That we don't seem to understand at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it may mean that we get put in situations that um, are hurtful or that we don't understand or that um, raise anxiety levels and, and tensions and cause us to have to go see therapists and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, but, but when we pray, when, when I pray that God would use our family to impact this nation for His kingdom, um, I don't get to determine the terms Right, right. But I think um, you know, just like Paul and all his his inflict, inflicted wounds, and, and and Jesus Christ Himself, the scars are um, there to provoke questions so that a story can be told. Yeah, and um, we we bear scars both emotionally and and physically, um, <laughs> mentally and spiritually, and and we still are honored to serve. Yeah. The Almighty. Absolutely. We sing a song at church um, at Crosswind, and there's a line in it that that means so much to me in particular. Um, And the line is, thank you uh, for the scars I bear, Mm. for they declare that you're my healer. Amen. And uh, and so the reason that I wanted to share this story tonight, Joe, is is I mean it's a story and it's fun to listen to a story, but um, I think that a lot of times there's there's a misconception that when we give our life to Jesus, that the only thing we have to struggle with is poverty uh, or or not <laughs> having you know, um, but but the idea that that I want to get across to everyone is that when you totally surrender. When you totally say, okay, God, we want you to use every inch of us, every ounce of us, every bit of us. Right. Um, then, then, then that surrender means that sometimes, um, sometimes he, he may have to make you sick or sometimes mm-hmm. you may have to go through a difficult time. Sometimes you may have to lose someone. Sometimes you may even have to lose your life. Um, but, but when you recognize that um, the present sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed in Christ Jesus. That if my my life um, and and your life is is such a small price to pay, um, if someone else gets to experience eternity because of that story, hmm. um, and uh, that's gosh, that's sometimes it's still hard to swallow. I'm not saying it's easy. No. You know, because we, as in a fleshly human sense, think about the repercussions of mm-hmm. um, even if not the pain of death, but you know, we think about things like our kids being raised without parents, or we think of those external factors. Um, but God, God has such um, mm-hmm. such great love for those things that we worry about that He's got that. Yeah. He's got that. Yeah, um, far better than we can ever mm. do. Mm. Um, you know, if, sadly, if Emma and Abby lost both of us tonight, um, <laughs> they've got God, and they both have accepted Him as Lord, and um, and have a multitude of people absolutely who, who absolutely. will take care of them. So we have to we have to ex- encounter experiences and go boldly, knowing like that He's He's not put us here to be fearful and to use our energy of our mind to worry. And have anxiety. Um, he wants our use our energy of our mind to think on ways to love and think on ways to express His grace and mercy. Yeah, uh, I, I wish that it was easy. Uh, I wish that it was something that I was so much better at um, because I still struggle with worry and anxiety. And, but I think we walk that road so we can say, "Look where I struggled too." Yeah. So let me help you yeah. get to that. So let me just maybe offer this as a a word of encouragement. I mean, on Sunday, we're going to start a brand new series where we talk about courage, not courage, character um, at church. And uh, and Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 says that um, we we rejoice in our sufferings because, you know, that sufferings produces perseverance, which produces character, which produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. And um, and the idea is that we can endure the suffers, the suffering, and persevere through that. 
um, because we know that there is something better that's waiting for us. And so, um, so if you're going through something right now, if you're in the middle of a struggle right now, um, uh, we just want you to know um, that there is a God that is building character in you. Absolutely. And there is a God that can use your story to advance His kingdom. Absolutely. Um, and though the sorrow may last for the night, right? Joy comes in the morning. <laughs> That's so good. Mm. All right, Jody. Hey. I guess we should do some what's remarkable, right? Well, we just told a pretty remarkable story. So. <sighs> that was a heavy story. That wasn't so funny, I guess, <laughs> really, right? Like, hey, hey, Joe, you remember the time I almost died? Yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, so, uh, so tell, why don't you tell me what's what's remarkable to you? Okay, it's, it's that time of year today. Do you know what happened today, Jeremy? Today. A coworker delivered to me in a conspicuous black bag, like bag that you would get out of the liquor store bag. How do you know what kind of bags you get from the liquor store? You all know, you know, because they don't want you to know what's in them. But you know what was in this bag? What was in Three boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Shut your mouth. I've been home for three hours. Girl Scout cookies, not just any, dosy dos. Dosy dos are the best. Oatmeal with peanut butter in the middle. I've already eaten a sleeve of them. Are you kidding me? Okay, not like a, a wood chipper. Yeah, Just can't. I gotta hide them or I'll eat the rest of it. I love them so much. Dosey does. Are what's remarkable to you? Yes, they're the best. Don't bring your thin mints. No, mint and chocolate don't go together. I bought them for my friend that I'm going to send to you. Wink, wink. But I can eat mint and chocolate at the Olive Garden after I've had those are Andy's. After I've had my 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 pasta and nope. my. Nope. One or the other. Do not go with both. Yeah, well, okay. But dosey dose. That's what right. was remarkable. What's remarkable to you? Uh, I'm going to stay in the food realm, but I'm going to go glass bottle Coca-Cola. Oh, why, Jeremy? Why? Um, I, I don't know. Coke, so I'm convinced that the formula that Coke <laughs> uses for the canned Cokes, the 20-ounce Cokes, and the glass bottle Cokes are different. And McDonald's Coke. McDonald's Coke is different, too. Sort of fountain. But glass bottle Cokes is where it's at. Glass bottle is probably the original recipe. And so, I don't know. I don't really care. It's got a little cocaine in it. The, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I like it is because I'm addicted and I'm high right now. No. Um, no. <laughs> glass bottle Cokes and my bride... Um, most holidays, uh, Christmas, birthday, and Valentine's Day. And you just bought me a six-pack of glass bottle Cokes for, Valentine. for Valentine's Day. I did. And hello, Union City. Where the heck are the glass bottle Cokes? I have to go to, like, Walgreens to find glass bottle Cokes. Well, and, and my issue, I love glass bottle Cokes at any size, but my issue is I need the big glass bottle Cokes from Mexico. Yes, that's a different kind of sugar, too. It's a different kind of sugar. But the thing is, those little 8-ounce ones, come on. <laughs> Who drinks eight ounces of Coke? When you have real cocaine in it. That's a all toddler drinks eight ounces of Coke. <laughs> right? That's good. I mean, I, that's like a shot. Just, yeah. all right, anyway. Who is remarkable, Jeremy? Who is remarkable to me? I, I wrote her name down. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, this chick right here. Um, her name is Danielle Gibson. Have you heard about Danielle Gibson? No, I know Debbie Gibson. Debbie, <laughs> now Debbie Gibson. Out of the blue. <laughs> I was thinking Electric Youth. <laughs> That perfume, I yo. Think we're alone now. Anyway, um, Daniel Gibson is a softball player for the University of Arkansas, mm. and she hit um, a, a a grand. No, she hit a home run cycle. Is what yes. she hit, which means that she hit a, t- a two run home run, a three run home run, a solo home run, and a grand slam in four sub like four uh, sequential at bats. In four innings. Amazing. That's, never been done. That's ridiculous. I know it's never been done in the Major League Baseball. It may not have ever been done anywhere in the history of softball or baseball. She can hang her hat up. Somebody write her a check. Good night. That is amazing. That is incredible. Now, here's the question that I have, because I have a little bit of... I've, the last time I coached a softball game, yes. I won a championship. <laughs> yes, you did. Okay, so I know a little bit. 
You do. Okay. You do. Yeah. So here's the thing. Pull I want to ask. Tug your ear. After after the third home run, probably after the second home run. Yes. Why don't we intend? We have this thing. We can intentionally walk her. We could put her on. I bet if I'm the coach, I'm looking at my pitcher and I'm like, we're not even gonna try. Like she's already hit two. Have you seen the cycle though? What if the pitcher was like throwing wild ball like way outside and she just went? And said, no, I, I watched it. Oh, okay. The pitcher hung like, two. Hit it she hung two balls high in the zone, like exactly where you're taught not to hang a ball, and the girl jacks it. Out. I mean, holy cow! Poor pitcher. Yes, we have. There you a, go. We have a pitcher. That's my remarkable who, who. Who is remarkable for you? Well, tomorrow is one Emma Powell's 14th birthday. And Did you say Emma Powell? Emma Powell is remarkable to she me. She is remarkable. Um, I have to say, I'm going to brag on my kid. And, you know, I know she's not done growing up, but to be 14 and to be leading a Bible study of her own accord and to um, be telling me that she is feeling the Lord calling her to lead people and to speak. Mm. Um I um I I knew the Lord was going to use me at fourteen, but not the way that Emma is grounded. She loves Jesus and wants other people to love Him, and has such a heart for that. And it's just um, she teaches me every day. Hmm. So Emma Powell is my remarkable person this week. She is quite remarkable. That's fourteen it. going on forty. Wow. Or 80. There you go. <laughs> well, um, that's it. That's Episode it. 5 is, is in the books. Yes. If you want to get in touch with us, please, you can follow us all over the place. Instagram, Powell Jeremy, and... J-G-A-P-O-W-E-L-L. Email at jeremy at crosswindchurch.net or... jgap20 at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at jeremy.powell.1800. Or jody.powell.5. Um, so check us out. Shoot us an email. If you have a chance, go down and give us a few stars. Give us a review. We appreciate all of it. Yes. All right. Until next time, folks. Have an amazing week. Here comes March. March.